Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Brisnet.com, Predictiveform.com, Preview Podcast, International Racing Edition. Today, Danny Zucker and I are looking at the International Festival of Racing at Arlington International Racecourse on Saturday. Six stakes races on the 10 race card. Four of them are part of the International Festival. Three of them part of a all grade one pick three, some guaranteed pools on the multi-race wagers, international horses taking on the domestics, all the storylines we've come to uh, expect and enjoy uh, from this big day of racing. And I'm certainly interested to get Danny's uh, take on the fields, uh, especially interested because uh, he does the work beyond just what the numbers are. Uh, with some of these international horses, there aren't the traditional handicapping methods uh, at our disposal because horses are shipping in from uh, Europe. We don't have uh, interior pace numbers for them, et cetera. But uh, it's important to look beyond the PPs and maybe get a sense of the class and, and how those horses fit. And we'll uh, certainly get that from Danny as well as from the Brisnet numbers uh, that are in the PP. So without further ado, let us bring on Danny. How are you? Eddie D, what do you say, buddy? I'm here at Arlington and looking forward to a great day of racing tomorrow. Did I see that you went to Hawthorne Park last night? Did you tweet that? Yeah, I was there checking out the trots. How is that? Uh, well, I mean, Hawthorne's pretty big and built for for thoroughbreds, so it, it definitely seemed kind of empty and, and run down, but... Uh, you know, it was, it was a nice night. It was good Sounds to like knock my another track off the list. <laughs> Sounds like my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we had a we had a good time out there, and uh, I'd never been, and just figured uh-huh. since I was in Chicago, uh, good chance to see a track, and got to got to meet Peter Galasse, the uh, the announcer there. And oh, yeah, he's a girl. character. He's one of the best. Yeah. You, so are you? You're on a quest to go to every racetrack in the United States or North America. I'd like to. I uh, definitely like checking them out and just seeing the personality of them. And Hawthorne was number 63, so wow. knocking them away. Need so to get to the, a few before they close. I know we have to go on to handicapping, but what is the biggest, most well-known track that you have not been to? So I knocked uh, Oaklawn and Fairgrounds off this year. Those were two glaring omissions. Uh, right. I never made it to Hollywood before it closed, so that's something that that gnaws at me. Uh, I would say uh-huh. Hialeah is probably the biggest empty square. Uh-huh. And granted, right now they're, you know they only run quarter horses, so it would you know it's not quite the the prestige it would have been 15, 20 years ago to go and and beyond that even. But you know I I would say just because you know, the Flamingos are still there. They've built it up a little bit because of the casino. That, that's one I probably would, would like to say. Nice, nice, nice. So, and then otherwise, uh, Laurel, maybe. Uh-huh. So, right on. We'll get there. We'll plug away. So let's, um, you want to tar- start with the American Ledger? Yeah, Ledger? absolutely. Well, you, now you told me three races, but if you want to do the four international, that's fine with me. Well, I would just, I would just say, you know, regarding race number six, um, you know, I did spend a little bit of time with it and what are you, what are you expecting with the track condition? Do you know? Uh, I think we'll be okay. I mean, it did rain. They said it might rain a little more today. Everyone Uh here said they needed the rain. 
So I feel like as long as it doesn't pour overnight and on through tomorrow, uh-huh. we should be, I mean, it won't be rock hard firm, but no reason to right. think it won't be on the firm side of good. Right. Well, the, the truth is with these Europeans, they will like it if there is moisture in the track. The reason is it's just like that every day they run over there. And, you know, it would just be like you living in Palm Springs every day. You know, when you go to another warm place, you like it better than you would if you go to somewhere that's different. And so um, when we start thinking about the Europeans in a broad sense, you have to think about what the condition is like. I'm not going to zero in and say that's the be-all and end-all, but, for example, Klondal Warrior, the eight-horse in the uh, Legger, I know because a friend of mine uh, lives right at the track in uh, um, in Galway, where he where he's from, that just says he, he mm. likes the off-track. So it's all that being said in this race, in the first race, I did like Billy Bong. I don't know. I had a chance to look at his last race and, um, you know, he showed lots of speed in his last race. I was really surprised, kept on coming. Um, and it was beat by, beat by a very, very good horse in the blue eye, you know, who, uh, has continued on. I think Billy Bong is maybe a, I like the name of course, but I think, <laughs> I think he's a Euro that I give a slight, not a slight chance to. And as well, I would look at general generous kitten in that race with that, uh, turf decline line, turf decline line is pretty much the new pace top for dirt. Um, so it's the slowest for furlong figure of his life with a final figure that is within reason. And I, I was looking, you know, I'm not a, really knowledgeable on the 1C, 2C, but some of those 1C, 2C numbers are really, like, slow, right? Like negative 25, right. negative 26. Yeah, very slow pace uh, in his last two. Right, and so, you know, the idea that the horse can actually close into a slow pace like that with my indication of a turf decline line, and I think there are a couple shots here maybe to take a swing at beating the big Haas, who will be a close to even money favorite. Yeah, he's, uh, to me, I, I mean, he makes sense as a favorite. I worry about how much money he will take because he, he sticks out off a, a win at two miles. Uh, I agree with you. And uh, as far as the international participants, Billabong, uh, to me, stuck out. He's uh, one of the few with consistent class ratings uh, over 120. Uh, uh has a, a formula for who beat who and by how much and what they come back to do. And, turns it into a class rating, and I find that pretty powerful with the international runners. They get you in the ballpark, uh, and Billabong, uh, to me, fits that bill. I don't think we're going to get 10 to 1, uh, but yeah. nor do I think he'll be one of the top two or three choices, so still a decent price and would be a good way uh, to kick off that pick four. Yep, I agree. Uh, that brings us uh, to the Secretariat, which uh, kicks off uh, the, the pick three. Uh, grade yep. one pick three it's also part of the pick four and pick five so all these races very important if you're a multi-race uh player uh i you know surgical strike is sort of my mr z this year uh yep. this is probably the deepest waters he's had so uh i'm i'm mostly a fan and won't let him beat me uh but certainly uh this looks like an evenly matched group to me and i'm not really wanting to, to lean on a a heavily bet horse Having said that, though, I don't think Long Island Sound or Beach Patrol are throwouts either. It, it, it's a competitive yeah. group. What do you think? Yep, yeah, it really is. And I went back and I watched the Belmont Derby a number of times and the trip that uh, Ortiz or that Castellano gave Beach Patrol. And you look at, let's start with Beach Patrol. What's interesting about Beach Patrol is if you look at his PPs, and again, I don't spend a ton of time with them, but. I do know Chad very well, and the horse goes from Phil D'Amato to Chad. Lots of times when he gets a horse first time, 
you know, he's sort of feeling the horse out and seeing what's going on. And, you know, this race is a setup for the next race, which might have been this race, albeit the Belmont Derby was like a million-dollar purse. I thought the ride was insane. I mean, he was four wide. He was really wide, lots of the race, and he continued to come between horses. The thing that bothered me about him, and I, I, I did notice this in a couple other races, he's one of these horses that gets himself in a little bit of trouble. You know, I don't think he needed to do all that kind of running and banging that he did. Um, and so that is a that is a cause for concern. I think I think Beach Patrol is going to get over bet. And, you know, that the idea that he gets himself in trouble in cases where he shouldn't be, you know, there's just some horses that have a knack for that and it can sting. Um, so I. I a little cautious about Beach Patrol, albeit he is the most likely winner. Long Island Sound didn't fire at all. I don't know this jockey change from O'Donohue to uh, Heffernan. Do you have any idea who this is? Yeah, but he's a uh, he's a guy that Aiden uses on a regular enough basis where it, uh-huh. it doesn't concern me that Calm's not making the the jet over. Uh-huh. Except for the fact that he's never ridden at this racetrack. Does that concern yeah. you at all? Uh, I mean, they say it's European style, and the, the European guys who come over here seem to do well enough. Last year, uh, and I forget his name, uh, the winner of the St. Ledger, uh, I think, had written here years ago, so it wasn't uh-huh. completely foreign. But, you know, a guy who very rarely rides, rides in the States, and he won yep. the St. Ledger, which is kind of a tricky distance with the three turns and stuff. So I, I think it's it's style is enough that... If you have some ability, you you can adapt. Now, if we were yeah, talking yeah. about the John McKee of Europe coming over here, I'd say no. But I, uh, I, I would uh, I would trust him. I, I don't see it as. I mean, I'm not saying it's an upgrade, but it's not a right. It's not a red mm-hmm. flag. Well, Beach Patrol ran a pace low last out um, at ten furlongs, seventy five final. Long Island Sound did just about the same. Long Island Sound didn't rally. You certainly can allow for that. Uh, you know, it was a first out in the U.S. He was an $800,000 purchase at Keeneland. They had high hopes for the horse. He went off at two and a half to one. Like he's going to get bet again, and this is the kind of race, I'm going to tell you, this is the kind of race that you're going to have to be for. People are going to be forced to cover with the two favorites, Long Island Sound and Beach Patrol, and both of them are vulnerable. So now you're basically spending twice as much money covering two horses that you likely don't want to win because they'll be, you know, favorites in the multis. I think a horse that might have a shot, I, I didn't think Surgical Strike really rallied and didn't have any kick um, in the last race as compared to the other couple. So I'm not fond of him. I know you like him, but he's not somebody I would bet on. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did find interesting American Patriots last race. Like, it was cheap. It was at Delaware. It was a short field. He had a great trip. Um but he went 77 for, for for a final figure. His race prior was 79. So he's paired up a couple numbers that are pretty high. The horse does stretch out. I don't know what to make of the rider change from, I mean, Ortiz didn't make the trip. So now Todd's putting on William Buick. Again, I'm, I'm a little lost with these Euro riders and how a, how a horse like this will take. But, um, you know, Pletcher doesn't send his horses to races like this without a fighting chance. And at 5-1, to one, he might be worth a long look. Yeah, and, and that I'm glad you mentioned William Buick, who who has won here and has ridden in Breeders' Cups uh, a lot for John Godson. 
Um, yep. So certainly not. I mean, from a jockey standpoint, if you have a Euro other than Ryan Martin, he's really one of the uh-huh. ones. It, it is a surprise, though, that Todd did not have – I mean, he has plenty of riders uh, beyond just Johnny V and Javier who are happy to take him out for him. And uh, we see a Euro show up on this one. So uh, I don't – I mean, I don't want to read too much into it because the horse isn't going to be favored. So, you know, if you like him, you'll still get your price. But that was sort of one of the, the curious things about this race was how we do it ended up on American Patriot. But he got a big number on Brisnet in his last, and he's tough to ignore it, you know, five or six to one for sure. But And further to that point, just looking at the jockey colony that's out here riding, none of the guys made the trips, right, Ed? I mean, yeah, you know, Mike true. Smith uh, made I mean, the I, trip, I think but... Julian Leperu would have been here, uh, but he got hurt, right. uh, which that, that actually might be why William, William Buick's on him, uh, that – a possibility because Julian does ride for Windstar a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, the four-star Dave is Saturday at, at Saratoga, and that's a right. great one. But it is surprising that, that none of these guys are, are here for this kind of money. I, I mean, if you look at the – Other than Thorne Drew. Drew and uh, Lescano made the trip. But beyond that, um, and, you know, Lescano <clears throat> made the trip for Dubai Sky, so he probably just had a kicker in there that said, you know, go – We'll pay. We'll pay you whether you win or not. You know he'll get a day rate in something like this. Um, right. Other than that, there's not a reason why I could see him try. You know, coming to ride one horse at thirty to one, and he doesn't pick up any any catch catch rides, as they say in the standard bread business. So that that's really a scratch a head scratcher to me. And then I go back. Okay, well if that's the case, wouldn't it be like um, Mike Smith on Cherry Wine would actually be an upgrade for that horse, and, and then give him a significant advantage over the others. And I look to Cherry Wine as a possible upsetter, mostly because of that new pace top. It is a, a, a dirt-to-turf switch, which in some cases I'm cautious with. However, he does show two races on the turf in his first two starts of his life that were improving, albeit the final figures were not competitive with these. But I don't know, you know, why not Cherry Wine at a price? Why not? Now, uh, my question, uh, how, how do you interpret a new pace top when it's a dirt-to-turf horse? <clears throat> well, for, a, a new pace top is, forgetting about the surface, is the strongest indicator of forward success in a stretch out, uh, in a layoff, or on a, you know, on a surface change. It basically just means the horse is learning to It's run its fastest... And if you look at this race, it's ironic because it's a horrible race. So, uh, I mean, you were to look at this race and think, God, how could this horse be improving off that start? But in reality, what the figures say, and that's what's great about him, is it says his, this four furlong figure that he ran, albeit he was 11 by 10 lengths, was his best four furlong figure. And his final figure was not quite a top, but it was, um, you know, not regression enough to imagine he would slide back. I think he's going to improve a bunch of points. I mean, I don't know that he's a he's a win candidate, but he's certainly somebody to look at. I was looking at uh, on the dam side because I'm always interested in the dam side on turf. And Cherry Wine is the um, is the only runner by this CS Royce. Uh, so I don't. It doesn't say anything much about uh, how deep the family goes in turf, but. I see there's value there. Yeah, and 12 to 1, I think, is the floor. So, 
I'm with you. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm I'm gonna end up using a few. I, I can't ignore surgical strike. Uh, it's just at this point, I can't let him right. beat me. But the American yep. Patriot, yep. Beach Patrol, Long Island Sound, they all fit. Um, I like a, a price coming up in the Beverly D though, so I'd be happy to uh, get live and and hope for the best. Uh, I I was surprised to see. Well, I will say this one uh, thing. Just just one other note. C. S. Royce, yep. who is the dam of cherry wine was um four for eight on the turf two wins in two seconds and on the turf actually showed a little more a forward speed than the horse did on dirt so there's not a knock in terms of whatever i can see by the family so yeah he's somebody that might be worth looking at patty el prado el prado also decent there so yeah all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Patio Prado makes it uh, interesting as well. Uh, the Beverly D, uh, middle leg of the all grade one pick three, penultimate yeah. leg of the pick four and pick five. I was, I'll start with the favorite just because it's the, I believe, the shortest price of all favorites. I was surprised yep. to see C. Calissi that low. Uh, I mean, certainly one of the ones to me, but uh, awful loss, especially. I just, don't know how you, you can like this horse as the favorite against this group. Well, I, w- I will tell you that obviously we know Chad is devastating on turf, but you know this Ortiz is getting taken off a lot of his horses. This is because Ortiz didn't make the trip. But I'll tell you, Ortiz rode Neck of the Moon and had Neck of the Moon so far back. And when we, uh, you know, Chad was so angry at him that you know all you can do with a guy like Ortiz, who's a young guy because they won't take instruction, is take them off mounts to make them feel the pain. And so what looks like to me is he was taken off mounts. I I think that, I mean, I'm looking at this and looking at these horses that he had to ride. You know, there's no reason why he doesn't make the trip to ride a couple of these favorites that he would have had, right? So right. With him, so it looks like punishment to me. Again, reading between the lines, I do think that's going to help um uh see with that rider change the horse ran a really good race the 13 post the short favorite in a field like this you know i'm kind of with you but um you know i think more so than uh the horse that in the in the race prior beach patrol i think see Kalisa we gotta consider using even at a crappy price mm. sure okay well uh i mean beyond her though uh definitely uh a lot of interesting prices. Uh, the one uh-huh. I gravitated toward, and this, uh, I'm trying to find, yeah. Uh, I thought when I handicapped the Modesty, which is the local prep for this, I saw she's owned by Richard Duchessois, Duchessois who owns Arlington Park. Uh, there's no race he wants to win more than the, the Beverly D, even more than the million, perhaps. It just felt like that race, I thought to myself, she'll need one. It's her first time lay six. I'll play her the next time when she'll be a bigger price. She was only thir- three to one in the modesty. Now she gets blinkers. It's her second start off the layoff, second start with lay six. Uh, local trainer gets Flavian Pratt, who seems to be riding well at Del Mar. And at 30 to one, uh, mm-hmm. she's going to be on all my tickets. I just think this is one who can make a step forward in, in a group where no one's a, you know, no one's a world beater. Uh, mm-hmm. If she improves five or ten points on Brisnet, she could win this at thirty to one. So I'm pretty nice. square in Mary Pop's corner at a price. 
Listen, I, I want to tell you that I, I have the same thought about the, the modesty as you did, but I went to the horse right outside of uh, Mary Pop as sort of my upset. I thought no fault of mine got bet pretty strongly in, in the modesty and raced okay. I would say, you know, what do you call it? Not flat, but just even. Even, that's the word. But if you look at the figures on this horse, and this is what caught my eye, it's got back-to-back new pace tops, got a decent race at Keeneland on the turf, back to Arlington, that's a decent race. And I can excuse the last race because no fault of mine ran a pace low. Pace figures are free with Arlington, so you guys can just pick them up and, you know, go through this. But basically, pace low, Ed, and we've talked about this, is like a free square. If, If the performance of the race is poor, you're allowed to draw a line through it, and if it's good, you can keep it because it basically means the pace was so slow in the race that the horse likely did not have a real good chance to fire. So I would upgrade no fault of mine as my bomb, um, but they they both come out of the same race, and there's not a huge difference between the two other than – you know, other, other than the fact they think that they were both really close and pretty even, so I guess I could see if you're using the four, you'd use the three or vice versa. Right, and and both at uh, the 30 to one on the line, I definitely think yep. it'll be bombs and no faults of mine. Yep. Uh, goes from Bridge Mahan, who certainly is capable, but as we discussed, uh, William Buick, uh, one of the ones in Europe you'd, you'd want to see mm-hmm. over here, so uh, local trainer Chris Block picks him up. Uh, any uh, any other thoughts? Uh, I guess I should ask about Bally Doyle, uh, who was two to one in the Belmont Oaks, and uh, it was a race we kind of threw our hands up about catch a glimpse. And you know, you right. you mentioned you're sick of her her beating you, and you wisely sat the race out. Yeah. And I thought two to one on Bally Doyle was stealing money, and she didn't pick a hoof up. So uh, yeah. she's right back here though, which I like. Uh, Aiden pulled the move before uh, with these big races at Belmont. Now using them, uh, don't want to say as a prep, but using them as a one-two punch with Arlington. I, mm-hmm. I'm inclined to maybe give her another shot just because she gets weight uh, and will be two, three times the price as C. Calissi. Uh, but right. but it's a gamble, and if I'm going to gamble, I'd rather have the 30 to ones we we talked yeah, about yeah. as well. But Forget, you know, forget o- about O'Brien's it. too fit. Forget about it here, Ed. I mean. Uh... If you're going to bet Bally Doyle, you think the horse is going to win, you just single him and you just go hope. I, I'm just not mm. one. The figures are slow and the race was really poor. I mean, the only excuse you could possibly give Bally Doyle in addition to the first race in the U.S. was the fact that the, the, the surface was firm and it was very U.S. kind of a track and he hadn't raced on a firm ground before. But even so, I mean, that performance was abysmal. And, uh, yeah. you know, coming back off a third you know, what was he, 13th by 25 lengths or whatever, coming back at 5-1, to one, okay, that's not value. And, you know, his figure is 68, which he would have to improve significantly. I, I would pass on Bally Doyle. Um, you know, the one that does mm-hmm. look interesting, maybe with some value, albeit it, this is a figure play and there's not much beyond the figures, would be Zepesa. Zepesa ran a turf decline line, which is a – a very good indication of forward. It's the strongest indication for turf. Um, you know, I know that surface at parks, we raced in the penny. I raced in the penny a couple times. And, um, you know, it's it's unlikely the horse will be able to raid in here, but uh, certainly worth a bit of a look at this price. Jersey Joe Bravo comes in to ride. I didn't know what to make of uh, 
Fawfler or whatever the name of the horse is. I thought that was just a garden trip, perfect ride, perfect spot. I would have expected the horse to win. It was a short field. Um, I wasn't blown away by that final figure. And, uh, yeah, I mean, look the horse, like the horse puts good races back to back. I think there's – I would pass on Falafer as well, however they pronounce that mm. horse. All right. Well, uh sounds like you like Seacolsey a little more than me, but I will say this. With me liking, uh, you know, I, I do prefer the Maltese, but in this type of race, uh, if Seacolsey won and then one of uh, either Mary Pop or No Fault of Mine, yeah. two of the 30 to one horses, uh, hit the board with her, uh, I'd, I'd want to make some money. So I'll, I'll definitely be fooling around in the in the verticals with this race. What did you race. do with Coolmore? What, what did you do with Coolmore? Well, I'm sur- I, I need to go back and watch the replay, which uh, I'm not a huge replay guy, but when I right. see hit gate, I want to know how much that actually affected her uh, because well, you know, she you, was I'll right t- there behind Catch a Glimpse and, and stayed I'll on. So, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. So, the, um, you know, sometimes they have comments about what a horse did, and it's tough to see, and so they have hit gate. The takeaway is that the horse broke late rushed to the lead on the outside and was so fast in the first eighth of a mile. I mean, that's the thing that really surprised me was how fast the horse was in the first eighth of the mile. The four furlong figure of 54.4 is deceiving because that first that first quarter mile or that first eighth of a mile, because they start in a stretch at Belmont, you know, for a mile and a quarter, was like a right. full-out sprint for the horse. And the horse was pretty even following that, and um, it was a really impressive race uh, to me. Um, and if the horse can get the same kind of a ride and be closer to the pace, I, I think you've got to give the horse a bit, bit of a chance just off that last race in terms of its um, visual impact. All right. Good to know. I like it. So more than Bally Doyle. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> and he'll be she'll be a bigger price. I, I mean, how uh, are, okay, all right, all right. Hold on a second, Ed. Hold on. I know you got to go, but listen. Valley Doyle goes off at two to one. Runs an abysmal race with no excuse. We have a bunch of excuses if we wanted to find one. It was his first race in the U.S. Uh, he didn't like the firm surface. Whatever. He now draws inside, which is not a great place to be for a horse that doesn't have tactical speed. And is off at five to one, nine to two. So it's not like you're going to get ten times the value you got last time. You're going to get two times the value. And right. Uh, you know, in this case, and and you know it to be the case when when the owners have two horses in and Aiden's got two horses in, you want to look at your eyes where people aren't looking at their eyes. So I would tend to like the six and O'Brien's other horse rather than uh, Bally Doyle. That's my rant, and I'm sticking mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, no, you sold me. Well, that brings us to the big one. Arlington Million will close out uh, all the multi-race wagers except for the late pick three, but the guaranteed pools end with the the Arlington Million and uh, have a cast of uh, the usual Euros taking on uh, the U.S.-based horses. Uh, some of the Europeans have run here. Doville won the Belmont Derby as a three-year-old taking on older uh, Mondelista, his Mondelista has been around uh, before, but now comes back uh, to the U.S. after running in the Woodbine and Breeders' Cup Miles, stretching out to a mile and a quarter here. Uh, 
it's a pretty good cast, and I'm squarely in the European uh, corner this time. Uh, I like Decorated Night a lot. What do you think about the U.S. versus Euros here? Well, again, I'm not. Let, let's talk about pace of the race before we get to the Euros. This is a, what's what's interesting about this race is, um, and I think pace really comes into play with these in these kind of long grass races. Is there is a flat out sprinter in this race? Take a stand is a you know, I mean, you look at these races and you look at some of the four furlong figures that this horse went. I mean, his last two races, he went 78 and 70 for four furlongs. I mean, the closest four furlong number to that is 67 by Dubai Sky. So I think Take a Stand is going to be flying, Ed. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's going to be one of these races where it's going to be an awkward kind of a thing because I think you're going to see take a stand so far ahead of the field, and then you're going to see some in the middle of the pack and some from way behind. I don't think that and, – and Edgar Prado only knows how to win one one way, and that's on top, right? Um, and they're going to go fast. They're going to go fast to the half, and they're going to go fast to the mile. So this race, all of the running in this race is going to be done in the last quarter mile to the eighth of a mile. So I, I would look for – somebody with that a one run kick closer versus a slower kind of uh um you know closing style do you know you know what i mean so not somebody that's consistently right. moving forward throughout the race but maybe a one run closer that has shown the ability to go from last to first well that fits decorated night who's uh comment uh two back was uh held up in last uh, and then headway to close, I think, is what that abbreviation, yep. abbreviation means, and finish second uh, in that race yep. with that comment. But, yeah, uh, to me, uh, I ended up leaning on the Euros heavily, and I, I'm just probably going to use uh, Trister, Decorated Knight, and Mondelez. So that's uh, 8, 9, and 12 for me on my tickets. Uh, you know, I looked at the PPs, and world approvals run well. Danish Dynaformers run well. All these right. horses... Uh, even down to Dubai Sky, who's 31 on the morning line, they've run 93 to 99 speed ratings their last race. Mm -hmm. Very right. compact group. So to me, I say, well, if I like world approval at 9 to 2, can I really not use Dubai Sky, who is capable of running as fast at 30 to 1? And to me, it's that situation where I don't want to lean on a horse that's going to be bet more. So I'd rather – I'm going to gamble on just the three Europeans I mentioned and say, well, right. I know that one of them is going to run at least 100 because Arlington Million, that's the power, and it gets hit quite often, especially when an international wins. So that's my gamble is basically lean on those three. The Beverly D, I want to use the bombs we've talked about, and hopefully I can get live to the Euros on some good tickets. But I, I just think they're better than this group of U.S. horses. If Flintshire was here – It'd be a different discussion. He's not, right. and I just think the others out of the United Nations and the the local local horses just aren't up to the task of the the three big euros. That was a brilliant rant. <laughs> I don't even I don't even want to come behind that. That was so good. Uh, but I will say I will say this: Pizza Man won it last year in a bit of an upset. He went seventy four for a final figure. Um, in reality, and, and I appreciate you bringing 
uh, to light what you said because diving deeper into the numbers while you're chatting, not a great field from the American standpoint. I mean, um, and because this is a distance that a couple horses are coming to, it's you know, not a lot of horses. You know, the mile and a quarter distance. And I'm just taking a quick, quick peek here while we talk, but it looks like horses are either shortening up or stretching out to get here. And um, from a final figure standpoint, I would say the the best figure in the field of the horses that have run in the U.S. at least time would be at least once would be Deville, Duval from the outside. Um, mm. And I, you know, again, I thought that was a, a bit of a lucky trip that last race. I wasn't blown away by it. Um, I'm less likely to come back on a horse like that who I thought fired first time in the U.S. I happen to agree with you very much. And of the horses that you mentioned, I actually think Mondelez I'm going to give the best shot to because I know the horse is a run, a one-run closer. And I've seen the horse do it in the U.S. versus a couple that I just read about. Um, his figures in the U.S. when he ran were 72, 73. You know, he, can, he could get there. Maybe there's going to be some value in it. I don't know much about the jock. But if you, if you look at Wake Forest, if you look at World Approval, you look at um, – Dubai Sky, there is a lot of pace in this race. So even though these horses will be close and they might be able to move, it's not like I think take a stand is going to carry this field to the top of the stretch and allow world approval, let's say, who's been stalking, to have first run. I, I don't think it's going to go down like that. I think take a stand is going to be too fast that the others that are trailing are going to be asked to do too much. So a horse like Dubai Sky, a horse like world approval, all of these horses are going to be gassed, and it's going to be, you know, the back of the pack is going to be moving forward, and the front of the pack is going to be regressing. And so I give the most likely winner a chance to come from well, well off the pace, which puts me on Trister, Decorated Knight, and Mondelez, so I believe are the three that you suggested. Yeah, yeah, it sounds, uh, it might be the most we've ever agreed on a race, but uh, to me that's good because, like I said, uh, in the Beverly D. Uh, I want to spread and hope to beat the chalk there. Uh, I think mm-hmm. you can use a few in the St. Ledger and, and Secretariat as well. So uh, it's definitely a, a competitive uh, card of stakes races for sure. Last year, the pick five paid 20000 And if one of those horses we talked about in the Beverly D wins at $50 plus, uh, we'd be in a similar position. So uh, looking forward to hopefully connecting the dots correctly. Any uh, parting shots? No, just that it's going to be a good a good day of racing. I'm, I'm looking forward to next week. We're going to do the Pacific Classic, right? And then we'll move on yep. to the Travers. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, we'll we'll get everyone out of here on this. I, I don't know if you've looked, uh, but obviously Frosted turned a lot of heads his last two starts. Some chatter in New York that he's actually the favorite now for Horse uh-huh. of the Year, which means he would people think he is the better horse than California Chrome at a mile and a quarter. I'm not sold on that, uh, but I am interested, and we can talk about it more next week with with California Chrome being in the Pacific Uh Classic. Uh, But definitely, uh, have you looked at the Whitney numbers for Frosted yet and where he stacks up versus Chrome? I'm going to do that right now, but I'm going to tell you, I'm so frustrated. I mean, I made a mistake. You know, that didn't make I just misread the race, which happens. Uh, But Frosted is a horse that is going to be the death of me I bet the snot out of the horse, and he's lost, and I've taken a stand against him, and he's won. <laughs> he's starting to quickly become a nemes- my nemesis. Yeah, that's uh, 
golf horses like that down the road, and it, it's uh, oh, you know when they finally me. win, then they keep when they oh, finally geez. win, they keep uh, getting bet. So uh, I just said then to it's myself, like, well, I can't. I just said to myself, he. Either, I thought his last race was be it would be a double top or a new pace top, and uh, the Whitney was a new pace top. So, uh, wow, yeah, yeah, he ran a new pace top, and his four furlong figure was seventy nine. So it was a two point forward move from his race prior, which was a six point move. So, you know, he really has run his fastest four furlong figure of his lifetime by a significant amount. I mean, he's got a seventy seven and a seventy nine the last two starts as compared to 60s, while his final figure now has regressed from 83 to 79, but, um, you know, it's still very solid. He ran a set, basically he ran a 79 final and a 79 four furlong and a 78 six furlong. Uh, you know, basically it means he ran 78 or 79 the entire race. Mm. Uh, so pretty quick. Well, there's still the question of doing it outside New York and in a mile and a quarter. So, hopefully, yeah. we'll get an answer though, because uh, it'll be a that would be a fun throwdown. And uh, but first, California Chrome's got to get past Dortmund and maybe Beholder. Uh, so we'll see what uh, we think of that field next week. Sounds good, Ed. Always a pleasure. All right. Yep. Definitely, Better, Danny brother. Zucker. Everyone, uh, predictiveform.com. Uh, has all the uh, pace numbers we talked about, uh, including the stakes for Marlington. So definitely that out. Firstnet.com slash BC has all our reports uh, for the Arlington Million card, uh, including predictive form. Uh, but if you actually go to predictiveform.com, uh, you get to play around with the race analyzer and a bunch of other good information. So check out both sites. Check out all the information. Make your bets through Twin Spires. Hopefully they're winning ones, and we'll talk to you next week when we preview the Pacific Classic at Del Mar. Thanks, everyone.